maybe we should start at the beginning. Some people don't know who Jordan Peterson is. They, some people don't, which is crazy to me because to me he's so much a part of the conservative culture now. Okay, but. so so Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson is the long and short is he got pretty famous because in Canada they were trying to put in the law. You no, know, before that, <laughs> he's a psychiatrist in Canada. Yes, who has. A tenure. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist. He has over 20 plus years of, of practice in clinical psychology. He's taught at Harvard. He taught in Canada. And, uh, and he's, he was tenured I at a college in Canada. I believe it was at the University of Toronto yeah. where uh, he got, when he got famous, let's say, um, and controversial was for his views on, on preferred pronouns for transgender individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and members of the LGBTQ community. And basically in Canada, they were trying to pass a law or put it into law that um, there was a certain list of pronouns, 50 strong or something like that, that uh, they were going to protect with law that if somebody asked you in your class or wherever, asked you to uh, to call them by these pronouns, you had to do it or you could suffer penalties by law. Mm-hmm. And so Jordan Peterson got a lot of flack because he opposed this law emphatically. He's like, you cannot allow this to happen. And uh, some people use that as, as a reason to say that he was like a right-wing extremist that uh, was transphobic, homophobic. When in reality, he had a lot of people in the trans community who were on his side mm-hmm. because they understood it was more about free speech. He essentially was saying you cannot allow the government to dictate to you what you can and cannot say. You cannot enforce speech, compel speech with legislation. That's yeah. when you go down that slope where there is no such thing as free speech. And uh, so that's why he was opposed to the bill. That's why he was opposed to it being put in law. And that's why he raised a kind of a stink about it in his campus. And, and he got famous online. He had a lot of people on the left uh, uh, like invite them to their talk shows and everything. And he wound up became, becoming one of the most well-known uh, modern intellectuals, especially for conservatives, yep. for sure. He wrote his book, 12 Rules for Life, which I have read, and I found it fascinating. It's very interesting stuff. Um, and when he shot to fame was before the first Trump election, election cycle, like in that area. And then this past election cycle where Trump lost, Jordan Peterson was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And that's when... His wife had been going through cancer. He mm-hmm. was depressed. He yeah. had a fellow psychiatrist prescribe him so, some medicine that he yes. became addicted to. What happened? What happened to him was um, he got too famous too fast. Yeah, and they attacked him left and right. People were attacking him. Um, they were calling him a Nazi, neo-Nazi. They were compared him to Hitler. In fact, in the in the most recent uh, Captain America comics, mm. they based Red Skull off of his so his awful. rules yeah and red skull is supposed to be the most infamous figure in in uh the marvel comic universe mm-hmm. and they based his character they had him on the screen saying uh chaos and order uh 10 rules for life and just uh, anti-feminism and all this kind of stuff and they essentially literally portrayed kind of made red skull or made jordan peterson red skull they they used it to defame Jordan Peterson and obviously make him look terrible. Mm-hmm. But him and his daughter, they wound up capitalizing off it and they made all of these shirts that said Hail Lobster. 
because he he talks about how the lobsters cerebral cortex and and like they can they study the effects of antidepressants on lobsters and stuff because they they work similar to humans and it's part of his book 12 rules for life Mm. it's one of the more controversial topics he talks about because it's like natural order hierarchies in society and uh they made t-shirts and stuff that said hail lobster and had this this image that had like a lobster with its like tentacles going out looking a lot like the hail hydra thing from from uh from red skull Mm. And they donated all the proceeds to charity. Now, who's the they that made the T-shirts? Him and his daughter, Michaela. Oh, I thought you were saying the people who hated Peterson did that. No, no, no. No, so Jordan Peterson and Michaela, they said, well, they use this obviously to defame my father, but they made a big uh, social media announcement. And they said, so what we're going to do is we made shirts. You can go on our website and you can purchase them and all of the the profit is going to go to charities. And they raised over $70,000. And just gave it to charities. Now his daughter's been making a big splash too. Uh, yeah. She has a big YouTube channel right now. Yeah, she's and she an, is she's an influencer smart for sure. as a little uh, fox. Yeah, and her her whole life is is a very fascinating story. A lot lot of lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and some of the some of the most powerful stories do come from a lot of suffering. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about Jordan Peterson, so he gets through all the process of becoming super famous at his age and and with his credibility, he. Uh, he doesn't like conflict. He's talked about it in interviews, mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't like conflict. I don't respond to it super well. Um, and so he was seeing all the negative feedback and people painting him in this light as like this misogynist, sexist, racist, bigot person, which he's not, mm-hmm. you know, that he got to a point where he was on antidepressants. And he well, got, it also had to do with his family stuff. And it on. got to do with his family stuff, yeah. right, with his wife going through cancer and, and all of those things. He got prescribed antidepressants and got addicted to benzos he had to go to russia to get put in a medically induced coma yeah to get out of all that stuff he was having some kind of side effect where he felt like he was going to claw his skin off like he's like i would rather yeah. be dead than have that feeling. he said he said that he if it felt like if he imagines what hell felt like and he feel like feels like he's on the other side of what hell was like like he went through hell mm. living hell on earth he said I can't, he couldn't imagine much more torture Mm. and uh now that he's come out on the other side there's multiple clips like you're saying coming out of him being very much more open about having come to some sort of faith some sort of christian faith in particular Mm -hmm. and is and more recently michaela that you were talking about she has said she found god Mm. and is very open she's had on her podcast several times priests and 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 uh rabbis and stuff where she's talked to him about Christian faith and, and, and your faith walk and all this kind of stuff. And it, at times it feels like a Christian podcast almost. It begs the question though, since he's come back from Russia and all this stuff and he's gotten back in the public eye, um, I've seen several clips of him openly talking about God and Jesus. One of the clips that he, that he when he openly talks about Jesus, is talking about his faith. And he, sa- he says the thing about the, the story of Christ is that it's, it's where the narrative world and the physical world touched. Like Christ definitely existed. Um, whether you believe he's the son of God or not is irrelevant because he was real, a real person. And there's several clips of him talking about his faith mm-hmm. and talking about believing in Jesus. And there's one where he like weeps. So we're so so we're gonna watch Oh God bless. We're gonna watch a couple of these clips and then we're gonna talk about them and see like is Jordan Peterson really a Christian? Well, what I want to know because is... The, what? Yeah, t- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is, okay, so Jordan Peterson t- taught on the Bible 
on as a mythical story and the yeah. lessons you can learn from it for years, but he didn't ascribe it to being like, you know, fact. Yeah. He just he just took good things from it. He didn't say, you know, I'm a Christian. I have Christ in my heart. He's essentially saying you can learn so much from the yeah. character arcs of, of the Bible, and these yeah. are these are multi generational stories that have value. I want to know if he's accepted Christ in his heart. What denomination he would ascribe to? I don't even know because he knows more about I, the Bible than the average yeah, Christian. Yeah, but I think that's that's a like, leap because. The idea is, is he even like truly saved? Is he yeah. saved? And I'm if, saying if he is. If he is. Would he be a Catholic? What denomination think? would he be? I mean, that's an interesting question. The other question is like, the other reason why it's a question, people are skeptical and should be, maybe should be skeptical of him being saved or not is because they'll hear him say things like GD when he gets really like, like passionately aggressive about a topic. I'll hear him mm. be like, they, they shouldn't do this blah blah thing yeah you know so he doesn't necessarily present himself and his mannerisms and and words and stuff like would be your typical bible thumping christian um so the questions questions are watching these clips does it lead us to believe that he's saved and if he is is he trying to reach the lost is he trying to witness to people Mm. in his own unique jordan peterson intellectual way Mm. as sort of an unofficial apologist you know and so we'll just check out a couple clips to, and for reference for the people watching the podcast. For you guys, we'll check a couple clips for reference, and you can tell us what you guys think, and we'll talk about them here in the podcast. All right, so here's the- this particular critic that I've been reading said, well, that, that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion. Joseph Campbell did that, and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's a, there's a representation of, there's a historical representation of his, of, of his existence as well. Now, you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this, well, it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story. And so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth. And in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that. But I don't know. Okay. I don't. I'm amazed at my own belief, and I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, because I've seen the passion of the Christ. Sometimes, the objective world and the narrative world touch. You know, that's union synchronicity, yeah. and I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable. You know, we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real. Like, we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world. But the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that, in principle, is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to... That seems to me oddly plausible. Yeah. But I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. 
And I, I've seen I've seen a little bit more of that clip, and he mm-hmm. what he's saying in the end, he goes, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what it would look like if you believe that. Like he, I he goes on, and more of that clip to say that like, if you really believed that the son of the God who created everything died on a cross for you, it would drastically and radically affect the way you live. And he mentioned yeah. C.S. Lewis in that clip, and I think what he's referencing is when C.S. Lewis says. Christ being the son of God is either the most important thing in the planet and nothing else, all the stuff that we think is so important is all just trivial because it's true mm-hmm. or it's not true. It's just a story. It's just a bedtime story and it is the least significant thing in the planet. What it cannot be is like kind of significant or mm-hmm. I think C.S. Lewis is somewhat significant. And I think it's what he's saying is like, we see a lot of Christians, let's say, or people that are believers who treat Christianity and, and, and their faith as sort of this, it's, it's pretty significant, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I go to church sometimes, and, but they treat the rest of their world, the physical world, so important, so worrisome. And there's a clip there where he's obviously emotional about it. Mm-hmm. At least I think he's obviously emo- emotional. What do you think about it? That clip, he w- was shortly after he got back from Russia, I suppose. Yeah. And he looks real gaunt in it, and he's looking so much healthier now. Yeah. But, (laughs) and I wonder if he was emotional. Like, you know, sometimes when people have heart attacks and stuff, they go through this emotional change in them. And I wonder how much that has opened him up. Yeah. I mean, he does definitely, it definitely looks like he's much more open and in tune with his emotions. It feels almost like watching somebody with PTSD. They start talking about some things. They get so emotionally overwhelmed, they can't. Mm. handle it yeah and i and i watched several interviews where he was like that when he first came back like he was very very like it felt like he was wrecked like everything he was talking about somehow was relating he was relating in his head or connecting to that that trauma he'd went through well and that also brings me to a question i've asked you before (laughs) yeah Uh, jordan peterson highly intelligent yes like man i wish i could just have a tenth of his brain power he's amazing but yeah and he's in the media. He's been recording his... And he's a psychologist. Yes. Like, he knows how he appears to people. He has to, to some extent. And when he gets on camera and he cries during interviews, is he being manipulative? Yeah. So I mean, that is the big or question. Or is he being genuine and he's just doing it on camera? That is the big question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think if you can find out whether or not... I think if he ever opens up to whether or not he's fully... Like, he is absolute believer in God... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the answer to that question because mm. if he if he is like hey I, you know I I'm a Christian then I think he is emotional not deliberate you know I think yeah. he's sincerely being overwhelmed with these spiritual feelings mm. but if he come out and said I'm not really a Christian I still I don't believe in Jesus I I would still wonder and be like well there's more there might be more to the idea that he's being deliberately manipulative with yeah. how he presents his thoughts you know and being emotional and crying and stuff but if he's genuinely saved, I don't see how – I think it's much more realistic to assume he's 100% being genuine. And I personally feel like he is. When I watch that, I kind of – by my feelings, I may be being 100% like emotionally <laughs> manipulated by this very brilliant dude. But I think he's – it feels sincere. Well, how do you judge if someone's been saved? I like, don't know. It's supposed to be by your word the, – word, the scripture – I do know. The scripture says by the <laughs> – Word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb, you're made an overcomer. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he hasn't ever proclaimed Christianity and, and I'm saved by the blood of Jesus um, mm-hmm. 
it's always it's iffy. Yeah. And he's always said from the beginning he doesn't want his religious stuff, his religiosity or whatever it is, his spiritual spiritual matters for him. He doesn't want them to become a soundbite that somebody can just use against them or just clickbait on the internet and whatever. So he, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever just proclaim that. I don't know. His his daughter's been much more forward with it. Mm. Yeah, she's literally. And said, I very found close. God. You know, like boom. Yeah. Like and talking to, like I said, like Catholic priests and people like that, talking about Jesus and stuff. Um, but then what's interesting to me is if he is saved, then it, this most recent interview he had with, with Joe Rogan that went four hours where they talked for four <laughs> hours. Um, there's a bit in there where he talks about the crucifixion. And I want to watch that clip mm-hmm. because if he is saved, it really feels like he's trying to witness to Joe Rogan. In his own Jordan Peterson way. And Joe Rogan seems to be inclined to believe that that Jesus and all the disciples were high on mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah. Joe Rogan is definitely a cynic when it comes to, you know, when it comes to Christianity and Jesus and all that and and, uh, an atheist. And so to see Jordan Peterson spend so much time belaboring the point of the cross with Joe Rogan feels like witnessing. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, just, we'll watch that clip real quick. There was no death more painful no, than no. crucifixion. That's why the Romans invented <laughs> it. It was to punish political miscreants. It was, it was a slow, agonizing death by suffocation, essentially, and, and, and dehydration and exposure. It's extraordinarily painful. Okay, so that sucks. That's pain, man. Plus, you know it's coming. That's part of the story. Plus, your best friend betrayed you into it. Plus, your people turned against you. Plus... They're led by a tyrant who doubts truth. Plus, you're a victim of the Roman Empire. Plus, you're completely innocent. Plus, everybody knows it. Plus, they they choose a criminal to be released from this experience instead of you, even though they know he's a criminal and they know you're innocent. So, And you're young. And you've done no wrong. And all you've done is help people. So it's a limit story. Okay, so then you think... We've been looking at that limit story for 2,000 years in the image and in the story. What are we doing? Well, you're supposed to visit the stations of the cross, let's say. Okay, here's the idea. You hear the crucifixion story and you play with it. Who are you? Maybe if you're female, you're Mary. And why is that? It's the Pieta. Because you have to offer your children to the destruction of the world. That's female courage. That's the mother that doesn't hold her child back. It's like, go out to what? Eventually your death and destruction. Go out. Leave me. Be in the world. That's feminine courage, man, to let her baby go. You're a pilot. You doubt truth. But you're, you'll go along with the crowd. You're Judas because you betray your best friend. You're the mob. You're the criminal. All of that, that's you. You look on all those things that you hate and are terrified by. That's like, that's not a snake. It's like the worst of all possible snakes everywhere. That's what you're looking at. What do you see? You see death, you see destruction, pain, terror, tyranny, frailty, betrayal. Look harder. Look harder. Look harder. What do you see? the death and resurrection. You look far enough into the abyss, you see the light. Well, 
That's the story. That's the connection between those stories. And this unbelievably strange thing is, is that connection exists. It's like... It really feels like, to me, he's witnessing to Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. You know, like, keep looking at the cross, man. Look at the story of the cross, and you'll find the hope. It's the death, this horrible, horrible situation. There's nothing more horrifying. And then the resurrection, the hope. I mean, it feels like he's witnessing to Joe Rogan. Well, whether or not he got saved, I don't know. But I think God can use anybody he wants to use. And if he's got a man who's highly intelligent and in the public eye who is feeling things and and lifting him up, I think he'll use that, even if the guy himself hasn't bowed his knee to Jesus. So who knows? Do you think, do you think that he can be born again, saved, and still... And I don't know how many of it is recent. I've seen a few recent interviews with him, but but still like have bad language, have bad language and stuff like that. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, because I do think you know character development is a process that God takes Christians through, mm. especially when they're first saved. They might still have bad habits and stuff like that sometimes. I kind of feel like those are things that even if he was proclaiming Christianity, but his character isn't showing him to be someone that's been changed by God then he's not a Christian, you know? Yes. Because bitter and sweet can't come from the same fountain. That's true. And and, and, but it, and it does say you'll know a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. So I guess... Uh, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if people wind up coming to God and coming to Jesus through these sort of indirect references that Jordan Peterson is doing, then you could say he's bearing fruit for the kingdom, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If he never bears fruit in that respect, then I guess you kind of... Shrug your shoulders. It's like, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Can Jordan Peterson cuss like a sailor and still be saved? Only if he's newly saved. <laughs> Only if he's a newbie. That's that's milk salvation, baby. He ain't on no filet mignon. <laughs> I didn't know where you was going with that, and I was scared. <laughs> I'm gonna get some of that Jordan Peterson milk. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the Not Gospel Podcast. Do like, comment, and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Keep an eye out for all new content from Not Gospel Studios. We're launching a brand new website. We're going to be rolling out new clips every single week of all kinds of new and interesting content. And as always, keep being awesome because that's how God made you.